This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. Good morning and welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiri, along with Francis Beck from Western New York Athletics. Roger Weiss is in. Frank Wolf is under the weather, not feeling well. We hope he gets better soon. So uh, Francis has uh, taken over his seat. And I got to tell you, Francis told me before the break, Frank, I know you're listening, but he says he doesn't plan on giving up the chair. So, I don't know, something that you're going to have to talk to him about. Morning, guys. It's not Frank, that's Francis. I was going to say, man, Frank, that makeover you got looks great. His hair. <laughs> <laughs> Morning, y'all. How's it going, guys? Good. Very good this morning. Glad to have you in studio, Francis, as always. little frost on the pumpkin out there. It must be December, Anthony. Oh. <laughs> My kids are already sick of winter and it hasn't started yet. It's like, Daddy, we want summer back. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> Welcome to the world, kid. <laughs> Exactly. All right, Raj, we've got a lot to talk about uh, this morning. We're going to uh, talk in a little bit with uh, Len Jankowitz about the college football recruiting night that's coming up uh, December the 5th. So we'll get uh, all the information from Len. We'll talk with Mark Adair from Football Weekly. Uh, we can kind of throw names around at some of the best players at at uh, most of the positions, maybe coach of the year, kind of, you know, just throw it out, you know, criteria, what what goes into picking an all-anything uh, all list. So we'll yeah, get coach into of that. the year all of a sudden isn't so cut and dry as it was about Nothing five is. weeks ago. <laughs> Nothing ever <laughs> couple is. couple new uh, 11th hour entries, as it were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll get into all of that. News and notes, Roger. <clears throat> I got a couple things. I want to give a shout out. We missed... Uh, a few weeks back when they had the signing, the fall signing for recruits, uh, Annalise Kelly from West Seneca East, I'm sure you've heard that name mm-hmm. many times. She's been their uh, go-to pitcher since her uh, ninth grade. She is going to play her college softball at Kent State. Nice. Ooh. Yeah, uh, she's got both an academic and an athletic uh, grant in age there. So I had to give a shout to her. I've had my eye on her for a few years. Uh, congratulations to Annalise. Good play. And just a couple of the early basketball tournaments are over. Give a shout. West Seneca East, speaking of Annalise, they knocked off a good Eden team last night in the West Seneca tip-off tournament. And uh, Iroquois last night uh, beat a very good Mount St. Mary's team at Iroquois. Close game for about two and a half quarters, and then Iroquois finally opened it up. Uh, congratulations to Riley Riedel and Tara Quinn. Uh, they basically led the uh, Lady Chiefs to the Iroquois Tip-Off Tournament Championship. Speaking of tournaments, I believe this Thursday starts the Cataract 
uh, Classic or tip-off tournament there at Niagara Falls High School. That's always a big one. Yeah, this week is tournament in. crazy. You're gonna have oh, the yeah. Tom, you have your ter- tip-offs, your Christmas Yeah, but it's ones, all at once. You have the Tom Keenan tournament. There's some good schools at Canisius that are going to play this weekend, the Cataract tournament, and I believe this weekend, too, and they are... I think Thursday and Saturday the boys play their version of the El Pastor. It's actually on Saturday, I believe, this year. I don't know when the girls are yet, whether it's uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, the three girls games that are at El Pastor. I don't have an Earl uh, girls schedule. But, uh, yeah, this week you'd like to be like uh, Dick Gallagher being five places at once because there's that many good tournaments going on. Sure. Anything from you, Francis, for New well, Big congrats to Jeremy Ireland, Jerry Ireland from Panama. He received the Excelsior Award from New York State that is for promoting uh, high school athletics in the school district. So a big congrats wow. to him. That's awesome. Uh, finally, on a sad note, and I just noticed in the paper today, uh, Rodney McKissick, a sports reporter for the Buffalo News, passed away suddenly. So sorry. Uh, he was a real good guy. Yeah, I never met him, but it, you know, I just... A he took over actually for uh, Alan Wilson on the B- 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 Bills beat after Alan passed away in what 2014 was it? Man, yeah. losing too many good people too soon in life too. Yeah, wow. absolutely. Uh, programming note: next week, a week from today, we will have state class A champion West Seneca West in studio, including Matt Myers. Uh, Thanks to Rich Sanders for setting that up for us. Looking forward to that. Today, we were kind of hoping, since Len Jankowitz was going to be on, that we would be celebrating a Lancaster uh, state championship. You, you said Len. Don't you mean Yankievich? Yankievich. Oh, Thank now you. Rich shows up. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were hoping to have Len and I were going back and forth in email, set, you know, uh, setting this up for him to come on as he does every year to promote uh, the uh, college football recruiting night. And I said, Len, that'd be great if we had Lancaster in studio uh, the day you called it. And he said, Let's hope. Good morning, Len. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Wow, we're doing great. We really were hoping to have Lancaster in here. I think it would have been great being that you were the former coach and former AD, including <laughs> that you coached uh, guys that are on, several coaches that are on that staff, including uh, Eric Rupp and uh, Sean Brusso. Uh, but it was a great season for Lancaster. We're so proud of them. Yeah, certainly. Uh, they had a great run. Uh, you know, credit the uh, the kids, the coaching staff, and you know, sometimes it's forgotten the community and all the parents and all the support people, little league coaches uh, all through the program that really contributed to the great run this year. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's just a, a great group of guys. They were fun to watch. And uh, just, uh, you know, it was a great year. I mean, Troy was just a little bit better that uh, last week. And you have to uh, tip your hat off to them. That's a, a tremendous football team that beat Lancaster and uh, they were able to do it. You know, I was telling the story yesterday on WBEN, and, and my son flipped out when I told him this story. Len, you remember back in the day when you were athletic director, and we, I was doing uh, play-by-play uh, on WXRL of football and basketball games. So during basketball season, you always had me set up right behind the scorer's table in between the visiting locker room and, you know, and, the, and the court. So whenever Williamsville North 
would would visit Lancaster to play, you know, we had time before the game, you know, after everything was set up and, uh, you know, the visiting team would come out and, you know, they have time to uh, shoot the breeze with the kids. And the one that always stood out and had great conversations with was Rob Gronkowski, <laughs> the Gronk. And who would ever thought that he would uh, grow into all-world tight end status? Well, we knew the conversation was going to be good. <laughs> yeah, it was fun <laughs> indeed. You remember those days, Len? Yeah, we had some uh, some pretty good tussles with those guys. I do remember Gronkowski having a slam dunk that kind of brought down a house and uh, kind of brought the end of the game to a close, too. So, <laughs> And he always had that look. You know, he he, he was such a bruiser. Uh, you know, it was kind of like he was playing football on the court, and he would rack up foul after foul. I, I know you're shocked, Raj. And <laughs> he would always have this look on his face like, who, me? Well, no, what I remember about Gronk was on the basketball court, he didn't get too much love from the officials because he was so much bigger than these other guys. So if they tried to, you know, take advantage of him, and Gronk would look at Stripes and shrug their shoulders, and Stripes would just give him a look back, you're not serious, are you? Oh man, great. those were the days. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I just, you know, I look at that as kind of cool that uh, we were able to get to know Rob at such a young age, and uh, really hasn't changed much. Still wild and crazy, and uh, all full of fun. Exactly. <laughs> all right, Len, let's uh, promote college football recruiting night, and this is something that you guys have been doing for several years now with the Western New York uh, Amateur Football Alliance and uh, Section Six. And this is going to be Tuesday, December 5th, uh, from 6 to 8.30 p.m., New Era Field, the Jim Kelly Club, and you're to go into uh, the West Entrance Gate number 6. Tell us a little uh, exactly what this is all about. Yeah, Tony, thanks for uh, you know giving me the opportunity to talk about this and promote it. And certainly, uh, this isn't the first year we've been doing this now. I can't believe now. This is going to be the 15th year we kind of put this together and we kind of combined this with uh, no pun intended with the combine that we do in the spring, along with Eric Yancey and I, we kind of put that in. So it's an opportunity to only for senior football players only uh, for this recruiting. And it's not a, uh, you know, all-inclusive uh, freshman through senior kind of deal here. We we kind of uh, restrict it to senior football players because we, we kind of uh, look for uh, the fertile land of Division Two and Division Three football to look at those uh, kids that uh, would be opting for that kind of level of play. The Division One people certainly do the recruiting in other ways, Tony, and uh, probably start the recruiting process as some people know, almost in the middle school area now. They they really go crazy for this thing, but uh, you know to provide an opportunity for uh, these senior football players to open up the door, you know, for their education, I think is what we're trying to do over here. And like you say, it's going to be held this Tuesday uh, at the uh, Jim Kelly Club at the Bill Stadium. It's sponsored by uh, the the Western New York Football Alliance, who have been with us for all these years, Tony, and supporting this uh, this event, and uh, it's grown and grown and. Uh, Tony, one little caveat this year I think parents should uh, kind of make note of here before I carry on too far here and, and dominate the conversation is that with the uh, New York State Excelsior Scholarship Assistant Program for New York State kids, I really think this is an opportunity for parents to talk to college reps in terms of what the cost of education is 
reflecting that uh, that new New York State assistance program because Tony, the average family now spends over $24,000 to send their kids to college per year now, and it's going up and up all the time. You know, it's not like you can go to Amazon.com and buy a, you know, a college education. You really have to talk about this thing and, uh, you know, find the, the, the right academic fit and certainly uh, the right athletic fit for your young man. And I kind of think this provides the opportunity to do this thing face-to-face, Tony, that, you know, adults like you and I probably communicate with. I mean, the kids are more technological and, they do, you know, they do the Twitter thing and Facebook and right and uh, text message with these coaches. But for the parents, Tony, this is an opportunity to really – get to these college guys and talk about what the costs and opportunities are. That's huge. I mean, there's so much. I can remember when uh, I was getting ready for college and just being overwhelmed with the paperwork and what needed to be done and what was needed. Uh, it, it, it can be a lot. And uh, to be able to get go to one place and get all your questions answered, at least most of your questions answered, and get pointed in the direct, right direction, that's huge. Yeah, you know, the typical question we get from parents, too, is, and, and I'll give you the website that uh, parents and, and, and players and high school coaches can uh, can go to for more information, but the, the typical question I get is, well, what colleges will be there? Maybe it might not be the college that my son might be, you know, interested in or maybe opting for. Well, you know, there, there's going to be a pretty good representation of northern Ohio, northern Pennsylvania, and, and just about all division. Uh, three schools in New York State at this college night, but the but the opportunity provided is, you, you know, maybe you might not, you know, talk to your school of choice, whether it might be the Division One school or Division Two school, but you're going to get information about what the whole process is all about, and 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 parents usually, unless they had other people doing this in their family, are going through this thing, Tony, for the first time. Right. I mean, I mean. This is sometimes a quarter of a million dollar investment. I mean, where, where are you going to start with information about this huge family investment other than going face-to-face with the people that are really intrinsically in, involved with your son's career and, uh, you, know, with his, uh, you know, with his academic fit? I mean, more so than the college coaches, which, you know, in, in a lot of places are going to be the pseudo-parent for your son. I think it's a great advantage. For these parents to come here, there's no cost for the event. You know, uh, I always tell people, I'll give you your money back if you're not satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> You'll take it right out of your pocket. <laughs> well, you know, the, the thing you look at uh, people's attitude, they want to put all their eggs in one basket for Division One. Everything is about D1. Oh, I've got to get a D1 scholarship. Well, the chances are if you're a senior and you have not heard from a D1 school, you're not going to get a call from a D1 school. Exactly. You should be getting calls. You know, the year leading up to it, you should have letters. You should have all that stuff already, if that's the case. And this, this comp, I mean, this uh, recruiting um, meeting is great because a lot of kids are sold on a fantasy sometimes of Alabama, TCU, and you know all the top tier schools. When let's just be serious about it, there's only a, a, a handful of kids that are going to those schools each year. There's there's 28 each year on each team going for scholarships. Right. So the numbers dwindle down really quick. And there's good football and good experiences 
at the Division Two, at the Division Three level. If you look at what's going on in Brockport right now, I was now, just going to oh, say yeah. that right, Brockport <laughs> is doing amazing based on homegrown kids, just like this. You know, I remember they got the kid from South Park not too uh, uh, too many years ago, and he's the star of the team now. And I think that this comp, this this meeting is something that really needs to explode for this area for kids to understand that it just doesn't end at Division One. There's Division Two. There's Division Three. There's NAIA. There's other schools that they could play football and continue football, and they don't just have to say, well, let me just go play lacrosse or let me just go do this sport if that's not their first love. Understand this, that your education is what's important. So if you're able to set yourself up, and I don't care what division it is, and get an education, that's what it's all about. That 100% true. I, I majored in football and girls in college, but <laughs> not necessarily in that, that order. Not in that order, right. But I'm saying that that is an excellent point, the school aspect of it, because there are... I mean, there's some better schooling at the Division Two, Division Three level than there is at some Division One schools. Right. So, and here's the other thing too, Len. That uh, you know, you mentioned. Well, maybe not your school that that you were thinking about is going to be represented at uh, the recruiting night, but you may you may get your eyes open to a school that you hadn't thought about. You know, Tony. There's there's countless players. Uh, you know. Your group mentioned Brockport being in the NCAA quarterfinals today. Uh, last year, uh, Alfred were in the quarterfinals. They competed against uh, Mount Union. Uh, lost, uh, I believe, seventy to forty-five in their in their own home ground. I mean, there are there are kids that wind up with these Division three programs that uh, maybe started at a at a higher level. Maybe started at a Division one AA. In fact. I believe Brockport's quarterback was at the University of Albany, and now he's quarterbacking the Golden Eagles in that game today against Delaware Valley. There's there's a lot of opportunities that uh, present itself. Maybe after the dust settles a little bit, that uh, you know, as your group mentioned, you really you're really going into a black hole. You really don't understand the recruiting process unless you're from the other side, unless you're a college coach. That his his lifeblood, you know, depends on and who he recruits and, and who stays in and who, by the way, hits the books when he gets there and stays academically eligible, which is really, really important that the young man know when he when he walks through that door, and I'll be challenging him too, I'll say, hey, how are your grades? I mean, that's the first thing I always ask him, and they get sick of me asking him that, but, but believe me, that's what keeps him there, and that's what will get him through a, a, a career that he's satisfied with once the football cleats are hung up. Right. Glenn, we have a question from one of our listeners who's called in. Joe wants to know, do they put kids through the, I believe he wants to know, the clearance house? Well, I mean, all that will be discussed there. I mean, the, uh, yeah, I mean, the the clearance uh, for Division three and Division two. there's some different, you know, uh, specifications and academic qualifications for these, for these, uh, for these different schools. I think when, when the group gets there, when the parent and the, and the athlete get there, the college coach will, uh, whoever it might be, we, and by the way, we have ECC there, we have two-year two schools there, we'll have uh, four-year universities there from, like I said, from northern Ohio, from northern Pennsylvania. They'll go over there certain restrictions, but, uh, you know, the, the clearinghouse regulations, and by the way, if, if a young man, by the time he's a senior, it's not a qualifier. They they have some issues, <laughs> you know, because uh, it's really kind of late in uh, in, a, in an academic career to be worried about the number of poor courses and all those kind of things they should have had leading up to their senior year, and that's 
that's a whole different discussion, Tony. That uh, we probably shouldn't get into now. But right for the uh, you know for the senior player, let's put it this way: for the senior player and parent, I'm really emphasizing the parents because Tony, they're footing the bill. The young man is just choosing, you know, the the school on behalf of uh, you know maybe where he fits, at, you know, athletically and academically. But really, the parents are looking at this thing from a from a family financial perspective and. You know, your you know your group has pointed out too. There's an awful, awful lot of Division three schools that offer such a great education. And by the way, they are as competitive as any school in the country. Just so that the kids are not that, you know, that much quicker or that much bigger than the Division one programs. But believe me, they are as competitive and provide an excellent opportunity for the for the young men in West New York to compete in the football field. Absolutely, and the whole thing, again, is to be able to continue your athletic career and getting your education. Uh, trying to think, are we missing? Oh, um, if you have not received notification by now from your head coach, is it too late to contact you, or could they just show up? No, no, just show up. Tony, I've been trying to uh, just uh, promote this thing for the last couple of months. Uh, <laughs> I probably think all the high school coaches are sick of the email and all the uh, flyers I've sent out to college coaches and, and high school coaches. Believe me, we've uh, we kind of blanketed the Northeast with this stuff here in terms of uh, college saturation. And every high school coach, public and private, has had <laughs> probably one or two flyers that they, they've uh, you know displayed in their uh, you know hallway in their locker room, whatever for the kids to do. But anyway. You, if somebody out there has not received information about this thing, uh, you know, it's uh, December 5th, Tuesday, at the Jim Kelly Club. Just climb in. And Roger keeps pointing this out, too, is that we've coordinated, coordinated this recruiting night process, Tony, uh, with not only Western New York, but uh, friends of mine across Section 5 and uh, actually Section 3 uh, with Liverpool. That have We have coordinated this thing, so Sunday night there's a, a uh, similar recruiting night going on in Liverpool, New York, uh, for that for that area, uh, from Binghamton, Section Three. Uh, a friend of mine in Rochester, George Giordano, he's probably listening right now. He's conducting the same recruiting night on Monday night at the RIT Conference Center, right up the Thruway, and we're doing it at the Bill Stadium. So we're covering from the middle of the state to to, to the Buffalo area for these guys, and there's a group of my pals on the Eastern part of the state or they're doing the same thing for Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday for the eastern part of the state because, you know, a lot of these recruiters are uh, territorial, meaning that, uh, you know, the uh, New Jersey people and uh, the eastern half of Pennsylvania kind of recruit that area because usually what happens to them is that the young man probably attends school within a few, maybe, you know, 100 miles away from his home, and by and large, unless he's really a, a sought-after kid, so... Uh, you know, that's what we're doing right now. But this provides an opportunity, like I said, for the Western New York kids and their parents to get the real scoop about recruiting. And uh, believe me, it starts a conversation that shouldn't end with December 5th. It'll begin December 5th and hopefully uh, create a lot of less anxious moments in May when they have to decide really what's going on with their career. Outstanding stuff, Len. Best of luck. Uh, thanks for coming on and promoting this. And I'm hopefully our uh, listeners were able to take this information and use it. Thanks, Tony, for the opportunity, and, uh, you know, good luck to all those kids coming Tuesday. Outstanding. Once once again, Len, congratulations to yourself, and especially uh, tell Joe Foyle we said congratulations on uh, Lancaster's exploits for this year. 
Thanks, Ryan. All right, Len, take care. Always great to talk with uh, Len Jankowitz when he calls in. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Mark Adair. He's going to call in and get uh, comments from these guys. You know, what's criteria? When you guys pick an all-Western anything, an all, you know, regardless of sport, what's your criteria of looking at players? Uh, you know, is it the eye test? Is it statistics? So we'll get the guy's opinion here, and we'll throw some names around. Who are some of the better players at each position? And uh, maybe possibly, if we have time, uh, possibly coach of the year. So we'll have all of that and more after the break on Inside High School Sports. We're back listening to Inside High School Sports. Tony Caligiuri, Francis Beck from Western New York Athletics, Roger Weiss, Rich Sanders, assistant coach of state champion West Seneca West. And uh, program note, next week you have the boys coming in, and we're really looking forward uh, to a celebration of West Seneca West football. Thank you, yes. Coach Vastola, Brian Ball, uh, Brad Claycomb, Matt Myers, and Justin Johnson will be joining us in there. Awesome. It's going to be a blast. Really looking forward to that. Diana's uh, excited about that. West Seneca, West, I say that with a grain of salt. Back then it was just West Seneca, but that was her alma mater. Oh, cool. Uh, before we get to Mark Adair and we get to talking about, uh, start talking about all uh, Western New York and uh, football and the criteria that uh, that some of you guys put into it, you had a recruiting story that you wanted to pass along yeah, before we get going. Just, just to show how much of a business it, it is and how serious these coaches are. I don't, I don't know if the, the athletes understand how cut and dry things are. Um, I, I was recruited by Iowa State, North Carolina State, Syracuse, UB was actually my first offer was UB. Uh, Central Florida, you know, all this, this, the lower schools in Florida, not Miami, not Florida State, Florida. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was on featured on this thing called Fox uh, NFL Under the Helmet. Um, and I'll put a clip out on my Instagram and Twitter later on today. But basically that kind of helped my recruiting out. So coaches from bigger schools started to come and see me practice. And I'll never forget one day I was at practice and Florida State walked in. Now that was my dream school. And Chuck Amato was the defense coordinator at the time, who was, was the head coach at, sure. at uh, North Carolina State. He walks in. He's watching practice. So I'm doing everything I can, you know, as best as I can, trying to do everything. And um, at the end of the practice, my head coach calls me over, and he talks to me. And uh, Chuck Amato's like uh, in this southern draw voice. He's like, hey, yeah, son, uh, I heard a lot of hoopla about you. I saw this TV show. I had to come see you. And uh, – you know, just wanted to come see you. I said, oh, great, Coach. You know, I, I love Florida State. And it, he said, well, son, I just don't want to bust your bubble. You're about two inches too short for us. <laughs> and I was like, well, <laughs> that's the end of that. But that's the way it is at that level where it's cut and dry. There's no – it doesn't matter. I could have been Zach Thomas. He didn't care. I'm two inches short for their criteria. And that was that. Wow. So, did that – I mean, did you deflate immediately? No, it actually motivated me more. Really, it actually motivated me to say, "Well, you know, what? if this school doesn't want me, then I want to go somewhere that I'm wanted." I mean, end of story. Who cares about them? Right. And if we ever get a chance to play for them, I'll play the life, the game of my life. 
I hate you know. Can I don't you know, say it, reality check? Yeah, wow. it, it really that's, is. Right. But that's unfortunately, is. with the game of football, you know, it's, it's it's gotten down to the point where you have a profile for every position. Right. Uh, you know, if a receiver, he has to be this tall. He has to be able to run this in the forty. Mm-hmm. And but yet, you'll have players that come along and they're productive. Right. They may not be as fast. They right. may not be as tall. May not be as strong. They're productive. That's that, what you should be looking but at. But it goes from this, Tony. From When I was coming out, there was no rivals video. There was no huddle. There was nothing that. It was you send a letter to a coach or they come out and they see you. Um, there was no YouTube and all that. So it's different now. The The pool of what these guys have to go through as college recruiters is that much bigger. So they narrow it down to get that, you know, that little zone to where they can get the sweet spot. And then they can filter their guys. There's always going to be a guy that's. You know, undersized. That's going to be a, a you know, a Amendola or Julian Edelman or some someone that. Well, actually, doesn't no, there's a name that comes to mind. Uh, a London Fletcher. Right, London Fletcher. There you go. Productive. Didn't fit uh, the criteria. Wasn't right. tall enough. Right. How about a guy like uh, his name is Ward and he goes to Troy? The guy that uh, did a number on Lancaster. Oh, that guy there. If you <laughs> saw this guy, I mean, you know, you think uh, he had childhood birth defects when you look at how big he is and boy you should see him on a football field uh, you know i'll bet you everybody at lancaster knows about him now well right. somebody somebody told me he's the closest to barry sanders that they've seen in a while anthony you should have seen this yeah, guy you know and i, I mean, saw they some had clips him, but not they enough. had him trapped in that and all of a sudden you know uh a five-yard loss is a what 30-yard game yeah he'd make two three guys miss on a play those players don't come around often oh, <laughs> no, they really don't no. I'm, I'm still hoping to coach one <laughs> <laughs> well the closest i had was uh I, I would have to say zach hedron when uh, he won the con you know he was a former yeah, Conley yeah. cup winner but uh, he was that type of player. He can juke everybody out in a phone booth. Uh, and, you know, so let's let's kind of throw out names here, guys, and maybe any coaches that are listening will get uh, some tips. Uh, they may not fit the criteria of your program, but they had an outstanding season nonetheless in Western New York. And to help us sort through all of this is Mark Adair from uh, Football Weekly. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Tony. How are you? I'm doing great, buddy. It's great to talk to you. I don't get to see you too often anymore. You're so busy. Well, you gotta come to come to more Burgard games. Yeah, well, I saw you at the Lancaster Niagara Falls game, and it was you, you were sweating that day. That's for sure. <laughs> I think the heat index was about 173 that day. It was awful. Yeah, it was like playing in the oven, artificial turf, really sunny out. It got to the point where uh, my son and I we could not stand in the stands anymore. We had to go be hang out in the shade by the concession stand. Yeah, love those aluminum stands in that kind of heat, huh? Oh, how convenient was that? There, we're, I uh, knew this was coming. Uh, uh, Nicholas, where can we find some shade? Oh, look, Nick, right over the there, right stand. next to the concession stand. <laughs> oh, look, they have pizza. <laughs> well, while we're here, we might as well. No, well, but if it, you it, insist, Dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but you know, so uh, that's the last time I saw you, and uh, you know, I felt bad for you. you. Had all the equipment on, and you're going up and down the sidelines chasing Bruso around, which was kind of funny at the time. Yep. Yep, Bruce had a great year, so the whole program there. Yeah, they really did. You know, you've, you've come out with your list and, and looking at, uh, and every other publication comes out with lists as well of uh, all Western New York in football, and, and you break it down, you know, who's the best quarterback, who's been the best running back, uh, the best nose tackle, linebacker, and so forth. But it all comes down to criteria, uh, Mark, and there's a lot of arguments on our Facebook page, uh, people going back and forth with you, and all 
others and some interesting reading and people's takes and what they're uh how they believe someone should be selected let's start with you mark what's your criteria when you pick uh, an all western new york team okay well the first thing i do is um i i have positions we have 14 uh spots on the first team on the second team so and so like that um we try to uh, some all-star teams will come out you'll see the first team defense will have two defensive linemen and nine linebackers and two defensive backs we really don't want to do that we want to have um as close to an actual team as we can i like that so we have a, a one quarterback we have three running backs we have two wide receivers we have five offensive linemen we have one tight end and then one kicker and then we do uh give ourselves a little cheat room with a with a specialty pick or a specialty player okay um and the defense we have four defensive linemen four linebackers four defensive backs one punter and again with a, a specialty pick so there's 14 players on each each team all right. When you look at a player, and you're going to select, let's let's take uh, the quarterback position. So, are you going to go by strictly stats? Do you go by the eyeball test? Do you go by how far the team went? What are you looking at? The first thing we look at is team record. That that's the first thing we look at. Um, I and it's very simple. The best teams have the best players. It, it's that. It's just if you were that good. Your team would not be one and eight, and it's just you know that's the way it is. Now, you guys, I mean, have you guys jump in, Rich, Raj, and Francis? Uh, you guys believe that that the record should be uh, a key indicator? Because I, I don't. I don't have a problem with that at all. Uh, assuming that they are consistent, you know, uh, is this team's eight and record so much better than that team's nine and zero record, or vice versa? You know what I'm saying? Because uh, so many things are going to go into looking at the record. First of all, the level of competition. Who are they playing? Who have they beaten? Are they are they piling up uh, big stats and getting wins based in a weak division? Or is it somebody that's really awesome, but they're in a competitive division like a Class A South? Uh, so it's... You know, I'm not so sh- I'm not sold on the record being. Uh, I-, I think it's important, but I don't think it's the end all. Well, exactly because, uh, an uh, obvious example this year, and I'm not saying it because we have one of their assistant coaches here, but Class A South. I mean, Class A South swept Class A North in the quarterfinals. So, uh, you know, you got a star point or uh, Grand Island. Are they going to get uh, because they had better? You know, more W's than perhaps Iroquois or West Seneca East. That's something you have to take in consideration. So I'm all for the teams that get farther having, you know, more consideration and all that. But you got to take that with a grain of salt. And, Tony, I'm with you on that. The the one thing I, I don't agree with, with it, that occurs with selections is that certain you have to regulate certain teams to get a selection or something like that. I heard this week when all these came out, um, there are a few other teams that I saw that had players selected in some, like, teams, and I was just curious of how, you know, I saw this player or these players up close in person, and it just blows my mind how they would be on this team. So 
that part of it I don't get. But the the record I think plays a small, small, small indicator. Like you said, those factors play in on where you're playing. What about the kid that that is that's carrying his team? You know, maybe the the uh, team isn't uh, as successful, but he's able to carry put the team on his back and do things. Well, it's tough. I mean, this is a team sport, so um, it's like a running back that doesn't have an offensive line. He could be the best running back in. But it's not going to show on the field. Show, right. But if it does show on the, it has to show on the field. I mean, yeah, that's it has to show, and if it doesn't, then that's. I mean, that there's no way of gauging that. What well, do you think, Mark? Wouldn't, wouldn't Perillo fall into that category? The kid from Iroquois could be. Mark, what do you think about that? I think those kids are so few and far between. I think if you're going to look at a team, let first of all, you guys may have taken me the wrong way. It's not record is not the most important thing. It, it, it is. It's part of the equation. Important thing, right? Okay. If team is a playoff team. All right. Then I will look at those rosters before I will look at a team that's zero and nine. I mean, if we're talking the difference between a team that's six and two and another one that's seven and one, that's that's not a big enough difference in record. Okay. That that is uh, that would eliminate a kid or level another kid above one. I'm talking about we, we look at the teams that make the playoffs first. The Mark. second thing we look at is, is on the stats or the eyeball test. Obviously, there's not many stats out there for a left guard. Um, so we have to kind of eyeball that. Well, you you would look at their, their uh, running stats. Pardon? You would have to look at the team as how, how they are running the ball. Uh, had they been successful running the ball, I think is a great indication then, of how, how many, the offensive line plays. And how many sacks given up? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, at the high school level, it's it's a bit different. You, you may not have any any uh, any running backs, or you could have a, a tremendous quarterback who is real athletic. And um, and again, a lot of that with the lineman comes to, to the eyeball test. Um, the stats play a role. In, in one thing that also plays a role in my mind for our football weekly team is behavior. Um, we just do not recognize kids that are suspended for games for behavior reasons. We, okay, I can see that. Um, if a kid is, is suspended for misbehavior and misses a playoff game or two playoff games, well, how valuable was he if that team won and he was standing on the sidelines in jeans? Right, and which is another thing that's so far uh, in between that that's almost uh, I don't know, Mark, not, not even worth looking at, I guess. <laughs> Mark, quick question: How do you rate class size when you come into play? Uh, in other words, I hope you don't have the mentality. Well, they're class D; they wouldn't even be playing if they were at a class A school. I hope that doesn't come into play. I suspect it does based on a few of your it's omissions this year? A little bit. It's not the be-all and end-all. Um, there are kids that would stand out, that that play in Class D football, that would certainly start for Lancaster or West Seneca West. You think about Brock Belisha at Franklinville, Ellicottville, or Nick Fabrizio at Maple Grove. They would play at any level in western New York. Good. I agree. I'm glad you said that. I agree with you 100%, and that brings back one of the reasons uh, on your uh, Brock Bleacher, Bleacher, he was uh, you had him third team linebacker on defense, which would imply 
by reading your thing that he wouldn't even be one of the top 50 players in Western New York. Oh, I, I, we see we don't. You need to understand, would he be one of the top five quarterbacks? I don't think he would be. Would he be one of the top eight linebackers? I don't think he would be. He's a very, very good football player. But you know what? The linebacking was stacked this year. We had a ton of great high school linebackers. And, uh, and I just I don't. I don't put a kid second-team linebacker because he was a great high school quarterback. I don't do that. I try and leave them in the positions that they played. Understood. Mark, I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to take a break. Uh, we also have a question from Damaris Johnson. He's on hold. We'll get to him at the other side of the break. Uh, don't forget, Sports Talk Saturday is coming up next at 11 o'clock. And tonight, Sabres versus Pittsburgh right here at WGR Sports Radio 550. Star Wars thing. Darth Vader entrance. Why don't you put the Emperor, name fight song on so everybody knows it's you. My phone went off during the break and Roger's like, that's your ringtone? Yeah, I like Star Wars. What can I say? All right, welcome back to Inside High School Sports. We're talking about uh, uh, you know the various publications that are coming out with their uh, all Western New York teams and, and criteria. Uh, obviously, criteria is now taking up uh, the rest of the show. We're going to have to uh, continue this program maybe the week after we have West Seneca West on uh, next week to uh, throw out the names because I feel bad. I think it's very important that we do recognize the names, so we'll do that in a couple of weeks. Uh, Damaris Johnson is on the line. He wanted to chime in. Good morning, D. Hey, what's up, Tom? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? No, we're doing good. Great to hear from you. What uh, What's your take on all of this? Well, I would just, I mean, I know it, we, we, it came up a little bit um, as far as having players on the um, particular you know, team that maybe played at a lower class and may not be as good as some of the guys that's playing on the, on the uh, A or AA level. But what, what do you guys think about doing it per level? That's what we suggested uh, several years ago, and Mike Ferentino reminded me of that on our Facebook page, uh, that we thought about doing a large, that it should be done large school, small school uh, in that regards. Uh, I think uh, you might get a better indication. Yeah, that makes more sense. Just like the polling for Buffalo News, that same thing. If you do break it down for large school, small school, I think that I think you do more service that way than you do uh, the other way. There are glitches when it comes to that as well. I mean, you know, if you go by bed numbers, one school, whatever the uh, cutoff point is, if one the cutoff point between Class A and Class B is uh, 500 students. So some school that has 502 students is large school. A team that has 498 students right. is small school. There's glitches no matter which way you go. Nothing is perfect. So, but <laughs> no, I under but, I agree. Uh, because, like I say, I I really say it. I say it. Uh, you know, I accuse Dennis Donald, uh, Dennis Sorrow of that at the Conley Cup. I accuse Mark Adair of that at his uh, you know Football Weekly and all that. Uh, I just don't think Class D gets the respect and recognition that they have earned. Not to mention the fact that not everybody gets out there and sees. You know, talk about some schools well, that are. That's the other that's what thing. I, don't yeah. like. I think for me, the eyeball test is a lot to do with it. Uh, you know, you exactly. look at it out of the field uh, from a coaching uh, standpoint. 
that's what's going to really sell me. And, the stats are great and everything, and the records, okay, and how far you went, but do you pass the eyeball test? Class D, you're going to have uh, people go down there early, and they'll see a game. They want to go when the weather's good because they have to drive. Well, in my case, I live in the South Towns, and I have to drive an hour and 15 minutes to see a, a Randolph or a, uh, a Maple Grove. I have to drive at least 45 minutes to see a Evil Frank and all that. So these people are going to see it early. Then they won't see them again until they come to the Ralph. Now, Damaris, you've been around football for a long time. What do you think? I mean, should you pass the eyeball test? Well, I think the eyeball test is important. I was I was just thinking the same thing. When you get a chance to see an athlete up close and personal, I mean, I mean, it, it makes the difference in whether or not you know they are better than you can determine whether or not they're better than uh, the other athletes that you see. That's why, you know, it, it almost and we're talking about things being fair. When you're talking about a a double A athlete and you get an athlete that's on a lower level and vice versa, you know, if 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 there's really no comparison, but you know. This guy gets on because his team was a little more successful. Really, what are we what are we judging? Are we judging the quality of the athlete, how good he is as an individual player or the team? So it can get you know. That's why I think if you did it by class, it might be a little bingo on that one. The other thing is too, if someone has some good stats, there and you don't uh, aren't subject to the, all players aren't subject to the quote eyeball test. Naturally, the guy with the stats is going to have. Uh, an advantage over somebody. The guy might not have his good stats, but he might be on the field 45 minutes out of the 48 minutes of the game. And if you don't do the eyeball thing, or, I mean, how many schools keep track of how many minutes played? Is there one out there that does that? No, it's almost impossible. So a guy that's on the field literally the whole game who might be your best player but won't get the recognition. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it... It's not an easy thing to do. This is kind of why I've gotten away from uh, polls and, and selecting all uh, Western New York anything is because so many people have different ways of looking at it. And then the minute you publish it, it's going to, people are going to be butthurt about it, and they're going to come after you. And it's, it, it, it gets kind of crazy. If you follow the back and forths on the Facebook page, you'll see why. Hey, Tom, I got one more thing I want to say. Sure. What do you got, D? I got. It's a young man that's sitting at your table that's got a birthday today or tomorrow. I knew that's why you were calling. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Rich! Thank you, thank you. He's a young man indeed. Thanks, pops. That's a fine way to no, say thank you. That's not my. That's not a shot. Like that's like my dad. That's not a shot. Yeah, that's, that's my dad. My son, y'all think you know that? I don't think you know that. Though. Well, anybody that's that's listened to Saturday mornings for any length of period of time on WGR Sports Radio five fifty will remember the days of the Thurman Thomas training oh. hour when I would have Demaris and Rich Sanders uh, in studio along with Ben Woods and uh, you know Mariacher. and John Mariacher and Thurman when he was able to uh, uh, be able to make it and uh, those are good times and that's how I I got to meet these guys was through. Uh, that program and uh, we had a lot of fun d all right i'm out fellas i just wanted i just want to tease my boy real quick all right thanks buddy uh happy birthday rich thank you guys i think you got a nice present uh already it's coming it's coming it's a ring <laughs> yeah january 2nd it's coming almost a scorpio not quite right <laughs> nah, all right sad. next week west seneca west will be in studio and uh the week after, we're obviously going to have to get into uh, throwing names around like we wanted to do today. But And we can talk a little basketball next week, too, right? 
Uh, we'll get we'll get I some. I wanted back. to talk about some basketball stuff. Too. All right, we'll we'll let you get that All in right. there. Uh, thanks to Mark Adair from uh, Football Weekly for calling in. Really appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys next week with more inside high school sports. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.